God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, draw near now. Amen. Stories. Today, on the last Sunday of Advent, during the rush of holiday preparations, the will we or won't we of Christmas dinners and vaccinations, the continued struggle to rise from the rubble of the past four years, well, we get the chance to pause, to settle into a story. And this is the story of a particular kind, perhaps the best kind. It's the kind of story God uses to show God's self, the irrational kind. The kind that silences the circulation of facts that we can't control and reminds us of our place within it. As believers, this story belongs to us. Today, we get to turn our hearts to the story of a young girl called Mary. Mary is a first century peasant woman, an inhabitant of a gendered society in a first century social location. A subject of a foreign government, she is likely despised for her ethnicity. She is a young woman in crisis. If she says yes to Gabriel's announcement, she'll be a pregnant teenager betrothed to a man who will not be the biological father of her child. When we meet her today, she's embarking on the scandal of a broken vow, complete with shattered hearts, unmet familial expectations, and the communal chaos of what could be a very public scandal. All brought on by the story of this immaculate conception. We're talking angels and spirits here, so buckle up. Mary's world is being turned upside down. Her story is messy and complicated. Irrational? Check. Unbelievable? No. The story of the Annunciation, Mary's meeting with the angel Gabriel, even her acceptance of her call presents for us one such irrational story and can be categorized as a mystical experience an experience that opens Mary to the possibility of other truths. Mary's inner reality of conception is one such truth, but there are others. The child she will conceive will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. The remembrance of David is a nod to Old Testament hope and the celebration of its fulfillment. It is a reminder of God's covenantal faith, faithfulness, for sure. But to be called or to call oneself son of God in the first century world of the Roman Empire, well, that's to immediately set oneself at odds, to challenge the powers that be. Her son will be the Davidic Messiah who brings political freedom to the Jewish people Mary is asked to partner with God in the liberation of their world. For this, for this young woman, in this moment, in this context, what is the ask? And what will this truth mean? While we know every mothering journey contains
Hers is the work of love. Mary's Annunciation, the announcement of the Incarnation, her miraculous conception teaches her the truth of inconceivable things. She leans into a formative trust in God that believes in making a way out of no way. That with God, nothing is impossible. Her story rises from acknowledgement of a unique sense of God consciousness. In the play for colored girls who commit, consider, consider suicide when the rainbow is enough, playwright Intozaki Shange shares the expression, I found God in me. This is Mary's theological framework and her song, her Magnificat, will rise from such revelatory insight. However irrational it may be, today's story is about a transformative encounter and Mary's response to it. And Mary's doubt, her questions, her need for proof don't take away from it. In fact, they reinforce it. The encounter was so powerful that her questions couldn't contain it. Mary is the physical site for the coming of Jesus. She embodies, lives into a sense of union with God. She privileges God's revelation in and to her. It is through this experience that she sings of personal blessedness and worth. This is Mary's lived experience of God encounter and having located the space of union with God, this inner region, Mary is able to confront it. Mary doesn't turn away, she faces it. The poet Maria Howe writes of the Annunciation thusly, even if I don't see it again, nor ever feel it, I know it is, and that if once it hailed me, it ever does. The revelation of God is an inner awareness of God consciousness. It is immediate and all-consuming. It says, I've been touched, changed, and now I know that I know that I know. And my knowing won't let me be silent. My knowing demands my affirmative response to the God in me. To do love's work, I've got to stay connected to God. Love in me says to trust. Love in me says believe. Even if I don't see it again, nor ever feel it, I know it is. And that if once it hailed me, it ever does. Yes, yes, and yes again. The mission begins with Mary's yes to a radically empowering servanthood. From Mary, we learn that claiming one's identity, one's self and calling, and one's obedience to that, one's perpetual yes to that, is the work of a lifetime. For now, and in this moment, Mary agrees to her role in the work of liberation. Be it confident or quavering, Mary says yes to her call as mother of the movement. Mary, full, Mary fully embraces her sacred oneness, her relationship with Christ. We can see her vulnerability, her irrational acquiescence to this call as a symbol of divine power. Finding her way through crisis and entering the space of brokenness we all inhabit, Mary is a survivor. 
And sometimes survival is all we get. Her yes is a springboard for the story of faith. Her response to the call on her life, to the inward reality of God's presence within is the linchpin to this crucial moment in salvation history. In Mary's response, the covenant between God and humanity is sealed. And are we not glad of it? Now, maybe more than ever, we need the idea of Mary. Mary, as she embarks on the task of partnering with God in the work of redemption, we need her modeling of inner awareness and trust, her oneness with God as we, in these uncertain times, tap into the need, the demand for spiritual heft. We need to imagine her big love. We need her divine feminine nature as it encircles the world, softens some of the hard places, smooths over the rough edges. We need a Mary we can connect to. We need a Mary that helps us believe not only because we see, but because we've begun to see God's light in everything else. We need a Mary that helps us know. A womanist interpretation sees Mary in plain sight and resists traditional art and iconography that portray her as anything more than flesh and blood, a flesh and blood woman. These typically patriarchal imaginings stand in contrast to an interpretation that sees Mary in her context, in her world. God looked with favor on her, a marginalized woman. God saw her situation and stepped into it. God regarded her position and chose to dwell in and be formed by it. Likewise, the deep dive of God into Mary's life and circumstance informs her ever-growing, system-subverting testimony. We have so much to learn from Mary. And blessed are we when we do. Mary exists within the totality of I am. She is part and parcel of the triune experience and within that framework calls herself mother, daughter, follower, leader, singer, dancer. Let's be real. You don't sing a Magnificat without some kind of footwork. And she's a servant. Mary is a self-professed handmaid embracing her sacred relationship with the Christ and encouraging each of us to do the same. Her actions speak to her commitment to the wholeness of all humanity. Mary finds her way through crisis. She lives in and is of the same broken world we inhabit and models for us the transformative experience of walking through both the mountaintop and the mundane and teaches us how that experience binds us to the Christ. Mary remembers that life is hope and that hope always leaves room for love. We, you and I are connected as believers to this irrational story. One we can't prove, but we know has been passed on in story from one person to another, one community at a time. Gabriel told Mary a story 
an irrational story about the conception of a child, one who would be great and would be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God would give him the throne of his ancestor David. That story, in its telling, changed Mary's life. Something happened that she couldn't deny. She could not look away and embracing the mystery, the mystery of that story. Well, she was ever and forever turned towards Christ. Mary's left this story for us, even the Christ child. We hold the truth of the Son of the Most High. The work of carrying the baby, the Savior, belongs to us. Maybe divine encounters aren't mystical or rapturous events. They could be that, but more likely, the divine is experienced in the times when we're held close, close enough to hear the whisper of a few words. God is on your side. Don't be afraid. Believe. Believe and then go do the work of love.